It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, just getting ready for this Titans-Bengals game uh, on Sunday. You know, we've been talking a little bit about this before we started recording here. I, I really expect this to be something very similar to what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the Bengals are pretty good on defense. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some specific numbers here in a few minutes. They're, they're pretty good. They've been struggling on offense. They do have one really talented player, obviously, in A.J. Green. Um, and Joe Mixon's a talented guy, too, but they just haven't figured out when or how to use him uh, to this point or have, have decided not to use him You know, at, at times this year. But I, I see this game playing out a lot like the two AFC North games they played the last you know three weeks with the bye being in between there, where uh, it, it's tough to move the ball on offense. They're going to need to be opportunistic, and hopefully the defense can play well enough to keep them in it and have them to win another ugly game. It's a weird spot, um, you know, and the Titans have done this to us, and it's really just you don't know what team's going to show up. You don't know if the defense is going to show up. There's been games where they haven't. There's been games when, they're, when they've showed out. Uh, you don't know if the offense is going to show up. You don't know if the run game is going to show up. So with no consistency, it's kind of hard to say, oh, yeah, the Titans are going to go win that. So and with that being said, this is a, Titan, a game that the Titans should win. Uh, those are bad right now. Uh, three and five. Uh, you know they've got an aging defense. It, it seems like their window has closed or is on the verge of closing. Um, so you know I, the Bengals are just struggling right now. But you know the Browns were st- struggling when the Titans played them, um, and, and you know we saw that game go right down to the wire. So I, until the Titans show an ability to go step on someone's throat. Go blow somebody out uh, from whistle whistle. It's kind of hard to just go ahead and count one in the win column. Yeah, and you know this is a team where they just there's been a lot of signs of fracture. Um, there's been some you know some players who've been like openly questioning the coaching staff. Um, you know they fired their offensive coordinator already. You know like a month ago or, or longer than that even at this point. Um, so it's a, to me it's a it's a team that you get at home that if you do come out and jump on them, I, I think you can probably force them to quit or at least, you know, let down somewhat because, like you said, a lot of aging guys, you know, the guys that, that understand that, that there's not a lot they're playing for and all that stuff. Um, but, again, as you said, the Titans haven't done that. They haven't shown the ability to to do that, and so they let these teams hang around, and that's when thing, dangerous things can happen. Now, you know, the last few weeks they've obviously been on the good side of that and they've been able to win those games. And, I mean, I think that that will serve them well as they go throughout the year to, to have been in some of these close games and, and to have, you know, survived in advance. Um, and we talked a lot, especially the Browns game, about how, you know, that's a game that in, in past years the Titans would have lost. They're winning those games this year, so that's obviously a thing. But if, if we want to feel confident about them, being able to be in the playoff picture, being able to compete, we need to see that game where they come out against a team that's not as good as they are and just dominate it from start to finish. Yeah, and kind of the thing that I worry about is this, the Bengals' backs are against the wall. 
you know, this is kind of like the teetering point of their season. They, they've still got a chance to save it right now. I'm just, I'm not sure pieces, uh, but it, just from a pure record standpoint, they've still got a chance. They're three and five. Uh, nobody's really out of it yet. Uh, and, and we talked about this yesterday about how weak the AFC was. So it, it might be a year where you, you know nine and seven get you that wild card spot because I, I think the Steelers have that division. Um, so maybe maybe there's still a glimmer of hope there. Um, but you you just you kind of got to guard against it because this is a team that still has talent. You know, Dalton may not be the best quarterback, uh, but he's proven that he can do it uh, from time to time. You still got AJ Green, uh, you've got Joe Mixon, uh, you, you've got so you're, you're decent defensively. So uh, I, I worry about mindset. Uh, I worry about the Titans coming into this kind of overconfident. Uh, and I worry about the Bengals coming in uh, with this us against the world, backs against the wall mentality. Yeah, and so let's talk about some specific numbers. Offensively, the Bengals are dead last in the league yards per game, two sixty nine point eight. And that's that's crazy to me. I mean, they they've got some they got some weapons. They got they got AG Green, um, and you know we're talking about this before we started. But I mean, listen, if I'm Andy Dalton, I'm throwing the ball to AJ Green every time. It's physically possible. You know, I mean, when you got a guy that's that talented and should be a plus matchup against pretty much any corner in the league, um, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't target him 20 times a game. Um, but for whatever reason, that hasn't been working. So they're, they're dead last in the league in yards per game. They're 28th passing. They are, um, let's see, 32nd rushing, 72 yards a game rushing, just mm. crazy. And then points per game, 28, 16 points per game. So this is another spot where this Titans defense that we think is improving, but it's hard to say how much they're improving. But this is another spot where that where an offense comes in here that has been struggling that they should be able to take advantage of. Now, it would be good to see them get some pressure. That's, that's the thing that we've been talking about, that we've been worried about. It would see them get some pressure and enforce Andy Dalton into some things. But, you know, when you, when you talk about those numbers, you, you should be able to feel pretty confident in what this defense will be able to do on Sunday. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the because I think this is a spot where the Titans can get after Dalton. Uh, the offensive line for Cincinnati has just been dreadful. Uh, you know, whoever they've had back there, Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill, Joe Mixon, just hadn't had anywhere to run. Uh, and, and then on top of that, they've been bad in, in pass protection. Uh, Cedric Abwehi and, and Jake Fisher are, are two of the Worst tackles you'll see in the league. Uh, so, you know, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo, this is your chance to kind of tee off. Uh, if they can't win this matchup one-on-one, then that's going to be pretty telling. Uh, I, I think Jarrell Casey has an advantage on the inside, too. Uh, there's nothing about this offensive line that should scare you. The the check goes in the Titans' favor in a big, big way, uh, just, just on front seven versus OL alone. Yeah, and then if you look at the opposite side of the ball, this is you know where the the, the Bengals are actually really good. Um, ninth in the league in yards per game allowed, total yards per game allowed. They're fifth against the pass, one hundred ninety two point six yards per game. So you know a tough matchup there. Uh, but again, you know the Titans have faced some, some tough pass defenses over the last few weeks. They're twentieth against the run. Um, so hopefully some of the Titans can take there. And then they are allowing almost 20 19.8 points per game 
which is 11th in the league. So, like we said, again, you're looking at a team that's struggling on offense and a team that's pretty good on defense. It's been the theme of the last the last two weeks. The same thing with the Browns. As, as bad as the Browns are, their defense, their front especially, is actually pretty good. Um, they're same, – same story with the Ravens. Not very good on offense, still pretty strong on defense. So you're going to see a similar game, a similar thing here. And so it will just be – I mean, in my mind – that sets up for all these games where if the Titans can be opportunistic, if they can take care of the football, um, not put the not put the defense in any bad spots, then you should feel pretty good about the chances of winning. Uh, and you know, to kind of solidify your point, this is the I think I believe the third lowest total in the week. So uh, yeah, n- another ugly game. You know, we said we both said ugly game last week against the Ravens. Uh, it was just a game that the Titans had to find a way to win, and they did that. Uh, same deal here. Uh, Titans are going to have to find a way to run the ball because uh, you know they're going to try. Um, you, you know, and I, I, I think they did some good things off play action. Uh, I think you saw that in the red zone, uh, especially with the Decker play. Um, they had him wide open. So uh, that's the good uh, of kind of banging your head against the wall and, and sticking with the run games. It, it does open up play action. Uh, so so maybe the Titans can do more of that here. Uh, there's just not a, a real big weakness for this Bengals defense. They're a pretty, pretty good group. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a stiff test, and, and a good, but a good test to see where this Titans offense is. We do get to see our, our old friend Pac-Man Jones. Oh, yes. Um, who has been, it's been a while since he's been in the city of Nashville, so you may not want to go out this weekend because <laughs> we know that it's, it's kind of dangerous out there when, when Pac-Man's out there, you know arrested or cited by the police 20-something times when he was here for two years. And we're talking earlier, I, I still can't believe he was only here for two years. It seems like he was here forever. Uh, he was only with the Titans for two years. But, um, you know, it, it's crazy to me that he's still in the league. I mean, just with all the issues he had here and in Dallas, too. And, I mean, he's had a thing or two in Cincinnati, but, again, that's, that's kind of the perfect place for him. But with all the stuff that, that he's been involved in, the fact that he's still in the league, you know, speaks to his talent. And we were talking a little bit earlier you know i mean the guy was just an unbelievable punt return he's a good corner too or at least he was i'm not i'm not sure i've been playing this year but when he was here he was a solid enough corner but he was a difference maker as a punt returner and we, we've said it you know kind of ever since the titans drafted adoree jackson that he he, he had the ability to be packing without the headaches um but it'll just be it'll be interesting to see the reaction that he gets uh on, on the field sunday at nissan stadium because i mean he, he did some good things on the field here um you know there was that the sixth season you know vince's rookie year um i, I remember in the jaguars game pac-man returned a, a uh, interception for a touchdown and then in that giants game the crazy comeback the Titans had he had he had an interception i think in that game and uh, uh he didn't return a punt for a touchdown but he had a big return that set up one of those drives so i mean did some did some good things on the field but overall it was just a disaster off the field and and that you know caused them to have to ship him out of town and eat part of his contract, and he or he had to pay part of his contract back and couldn't didn't have the money, so they had to like set up a payment plan with the Titans. I mean, it's just a whole thing. But you know, just just the, bringing all that back up with him coming back to town. Uh, man, Pac-Man was so much fun. Uh, just just as a as a punt returner, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone return punts quite like he did. Uh, and he he really didn't do it with speed. Like, don't get me wrong, he was fast. But it just that electric agility he had 
uh, back in the day. It, it was just that was awesome, and it was just a shame that he, that he couldn't get his head on straight, and it, it's taken him this long. And I'm not really sure it, it's it's still on straight. But anyway, it, it's kind of amazing that he's lasted this long in the league. But I mean, hats off to him for for somewhat fixing it up. I'm not sure he would have lasted all these years, but anywhere else in the league. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, him him kind of come back. Has he come back? When's the last time he's been back? That's a good question. I, I would have to go back and, and look through the, the game logs. I, I'm sure he's been here since he left, but um, I, I don't know. But, yeah, like you're saying, the, the thing about him returning punts, just that the start and stop and, and the, the quickness with which he could do that was just unbelievable. It was, it was really fun to watch. Um, and then you, the, the other storyline, I guess, surrounding this team. And again, there, there's a lot of stuff with the Bengals. I mean, and, you know, there's all the Marvin Lewis stuff. I, I find it hard to believe uh, that he'll still have his job once the season's over, maybe even before then. Um, but then, you know, obviously the, the big green thing that happened last week and, uh, you know, just, just all the events around that. And I don't know. I mean, there's, there's been speculation as far as, you know, what really set him off. Uh, with Jalen Ramsey because, you know, A.J. Green, I, I mean, we've both watched him a lot, you know, playing the SEC at Georgia. Um, and, then, and you know, he, he just he hasn't seemed to be the type of guy that has a short fuse like that. But you, you saw him, you know, it, it, what what preceded the fight where the little shove that Ramsey gave him was obviously not the tipping point. Uh, I mean, that might have been the tipping point, but that wasn't what got the, the tension to where it was. Um, and Jalen Ramsey to me just seems kind of like a garbage human being. I don't know. I, I was, I really wanted one of the Titans to draft him. Um, and he's a very, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's obviously an excellent football player, but that was one of that fight. And that whole thing was one of the more bizarre things I've seen this year or, or really ever watching the NFL. Yeah. It, it took me back to, to Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Uh, right. and you know, Finnegan and, and Jalen are, are kind of the same cloth. Uh, I think Jalen's just a physical specimen, and Finnegan obviously wasn't that. Uh, but, you know, that's a guy that, preparing for the draft, I watched every one of his college games. And, you know, it's just that was his game. He would get in your head. Uh, he'd jaw the, the entire game, and he would win with that. You know, he'd make guys lose his, lose their cool uh, and take the focus off the game. So I'm sure he ran his mouth from start to finish. And I'm sure – that's going to happen again to to Jalen Ramsey. So uh, I, he called he called AJ Green an old man, which is funny. Uh, it doesn't seem like AJ Green's that old. I guess he is to him. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I think he just barked up the wrong tree that day. Uh, and, and it was I, AJ Green didn't get suspended. Suspended, by the way, if you missed that, there was some talk that that he might. Uh, and Mike Evans got suspended for a similar deal. Uh, but he's going to be AJ Green's going to be a problem for the Titans. And I'm really interested to see how the Titans handle him. You know, they've got they, they've stuck with Adore Jackson on the outside, but are you really comfortable with that size advantage um, and, and just the inexperience? I, I think Adore's coming along, but it it might be a spot where we see Logan Ryan kind of float outside a little bit more. Yeah, you're looking if if it is you know a Dory Masso and AJ Green, you're looking at a good five six inches uh, height advantage that AJ Green would have in that scenario. And you know we talked about this before the tech game about the success that Logan Ryan had had uh, with the Patriots matching up with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He had pretty much shadowed Hopkins with the Patriots, and we kind of speculated that the Titans might try something like that. They didn't. 
and Hopkins works the Titans as he always does. Uh, so hopefully they learned a little bit from that, and like you said, we'll try to, you know, at least find themselves in some situations where it's not a Dory matched up out there on AJ Green because I mean we we love a Dory and think he's played well and, and think he has to be a really good corner in this league, but that that size mismatch, like you said, that that experience mismatch, I mean, it's just not something that I think is beneficial for the Titans. You don't you don't look out there and see that and feel good about it uh, as a Titans fan. Um, and then more thing that we'll probably need to talk about is, uh, you know, the, the, the receiver that the Bengals drafted. That was a guy that was, you know, a conversation piece for, uh, Titans fans leading up to the draft. So, um, we'll talk about that and kind of how these early, these first round receivers have, have fared so far, uh, this season. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so John Ross obviously was, was the guy that the Bengals drafted. Uh, you know, and he was a guy that the receiver out of Washington. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about him in, in leading up to the to the draft because we thought, you know, obviously it ended up being correctly that the Titans were going to take a corner and receiver with with their two first round picks. Um, and and John Ross was a guy that you know on the surface fit what the Titans needed. They needed a guy that had some speed that could get down the field. That was the thing this offense was missing. Um, so, I mean, from that standpoint, he was a fit. Now, as you, you know, dug into it a little bit more and, and really looked at the receivers that were coming out, it became pretty clear that, that Corey Davis was more of a, of a guy that, that John Robinson would like that would, that would that kind of fit his type. Um, and, and the thing about, you know, uh, Mike Williams from Clemson, the, the other first-round receiver, uh, all three of these guys have been banged up, um, have missed significant time. So far this season, John Ross doesn't have a catch yet for the Bengals. He has one carry, fumbled on that one carry, and that kind of got him in Marvin Lewis's doghouse. He got hurt again, but then this past week was a healthy scratch. Um, obviously, you know, Corey Davis had a good first week, hurt again, and then wasn't back until this week. And then Mike Williams is just coming back from an injury. Um, but it's just been kind of – this has been one of the more, um, you know, to this point, non-productive first-round wide receiver classes. But I think all three guys – you know, it, it's definitely too early to to say that they're bust or anything like that because we just haven't seen them healthy enough to know what they can produce on the field yet. Yeah, and yeah, I don't miss the days of arguing Davis or Ross or, or Williams. You know, it, it seems like all we talked about for really two or three months there. Uh, I thought the Titans got the best of the group by far, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of. Ross had this this speed to him that was just like, I've never seen. Uh, but the deal with him was the knees. Will the knees hold up? 
uh, and we've we've already seen him be banged up. You know, this is a guy that was converted from corner uh, early in his career at Washington. So he's just kind of a small guy, and you worried if he could hold up. Uh, and, and really, you know, his ceiling was T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he wasn't exactly a guy that was going to go win you a jump ball or something like that. So he, I, from the get-go, you, you really didn't feel like he fit what the Titans wanted. Uh, and just contra. Uh, Mike Williams did, but, you know, he, he was always hurt. Um, and, and the thing with Davis was he had just about everything you could ask for and the production. So uh, from the get-go, you just knew John Robinson was going to be all over Davis, and, and we turned out to be right on there. So uh, it, it's it's frustrating that Davis hadn't been able to show it, um, but I think down the road uh, we're going to be just just dandy with with Corey Davis. Um, yeah, you, you know, you can compare him right now to Marshawn Lattimore, who's – who might already be the best corner in the NFL, um, honestly. Uh, his, his tape at, at Ohio State was insane. But you, you had that hamstring issue, uh, and it, it just didn't go away through draft process. I think that, that kind of kept him out of the top ten. Uh, and you, you look at the guy like, like Malik Hooker, Jamal Adams. Who, they've both been good. Hooker, unfortunately, tore his ACL. So uh, we really haven't seen it with Davis. You know, I've already seen people saying, oh, we should have taken this guy. Oh, we should have taken that guy. Let's let Davis get healthy. Let's let Davis get in defense uh, and kind of get get into the playbook a little bit before we before we make statements like that. Oh sure, and, and you also have to again consider what the team needed, and you know position scarcity in, in draft. As far as that concerned, I think John Robinson knew that he was not going to be able to get a receiver that he wanted at eighteen. You know, these are the, the the three guys that we talked about: Davis, Williams, and Ross were were the three consensus number one picks, right, or, you know, first-round picks. Um, and he knew the temperature of the draft well enough to know that, that none of those guys were going to be available at 18. Then you got to think about, you know, how, how he wanted to play it. And so he, he goes ahead and takes Davis, gets gets a Dory at 18. And, you know, what if a Dory ends up being even just a serviceable NFL cornerback? Um, and we already know, you know, the impact he can make on special teams, on offense even that we saw, you know, this past week. Um, you know, if you if – you, you know, you look at those two things together, you weigh those two things together, even if Marshawn Lattimore goes on to be, you know, all of fame NFL cornerback, if you get, you know, 10 good years out of the two guys that you picked, then you, you can't look at it and, and be upset, really. Um, he, had to, he had to kind of play that the way the draft was going to go. Yeah, and it was because I think like a week or two before, you know, all the talk was, uh oh, Corey Davis could fall out of the first round. Uh, he was hurt throughout the whole process. You know, you had these anonymous scouts. Uh, he didn't play against good enough talent at, at Western Michigan. We don't know who he is. And then Robin takes him fifth overall. So I, you can't believe anything in draft season. But, you know, everybody knows, if you know me, you know I loved Corey Davis. You, you know I thought he was a top five player in this draft. I still think he is. Uh, so it just I know it's frustrating right now. But – I think as the season goes on, you're, you're going to see Mariota hit his groove. And that's the thing, too. We're, we're seeing uh, a shell of Mariota right now. Uh, and just this offense is broken. So let, let's let the offense heal, and then let's see where we're at with Davis. Yeah, sure. So anyway, so it'll be interesting. And, and who knows if Don Ross even play on Sunday. Again, he was a healthy scratch this past week. Um, and we talked a little bit before about how Marvin Lewis hates rookies just like Jeff Fisher did. So it'll be interesting to see if he's even up for this game. 
But, you know, just, just something to, to note with these guys and, and how connected they were throughout the draft process. And obviously, if you followed us and our site you know, around that time, you know how much conversation we had around all three of those guys. So, anyway, just something to, to, to mention. That'll pretty much do it for tonight. Um, we'll have some practice stuff to talk about tomorrow. Um, you know, watching – I guess we're still watching DeMarco, see how his knee responds in Delaney Walker. I would imagine we'll probably still be a little bit limited this week uh, with the bone bruise, and we'll see about Quinn Spain and, and, and those types of things. But, again, signs are relatively healthy at this point in the season, so you got to be pretty excited about that. Terry, anything else before we get out tonight? That's all I got. All right, sounds good. So, like I said, check us out again tomorrow. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, uh, Locked on Titans. You can search it there. Uh, leave us a review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. Uh, enter to win a year-long subscription to, to Pro Football Focus. Uh, we'd appreciate that anyway. It helps us out. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry is at tlambertfb. You can also check out our work on com. So, for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.